Welcome to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. I'm here with Sam Peacock in the place of his work. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but if you want to check out the business that he is a director of, it's called Longara, and you can find it at longara.com.au. But Sam, thanks for being interviewed today. I want you to introduce yourself to the people who are listening in. Thanks so much, Warren. Uh, good to be able to spend some time with you. I'm just a pretty plain and simple, ordinary Australian, 47 years of age, had my 47th birthday just three days ago, and I'm feeling every bit of that age. Uh, locally born and bred, hung around Brisbane, currently working at Brendale. Um, family, from a fairly large family. I'm currently dad of uh, three of my own children and five stepkids, so the eight, uh, youngest being 19. Love life and uh, all's good. Happy to journey the next 30 minutes with you, Warren. Awesome. Now we're going to talk about things like business, but uh, we'll stretch out beyond that to some of the things of life itself. And we'll ask at the end some of the questions we always do about some wisdom that uh, Sam might have for those of us who are listening. But let's get stuck into it. Now, you've been a businessman for a long time, Sam. How did you get into it? And give us a little bit of a sketch of the ride that it's been. I graduated from high school in 1990, had aspirations of getting into real estate, property valuations out west. I wasn't real good at school back in the TE school days. I can't even remember what score I got, but uh, certainly not academia. My forte was in smoko, lunch and physical pursuits. Um, since then, basically graduated school and came into this business. So I've been here for 30 years. Uh, it's a third generation family manufacturing business. Um, I've had no training as such, but probably the greatest training that one can receive is on the job making mistakes and doing it uh, via the school of hard knocks. So that's been pretty well the background. So with the, the business has sort of bought and sold various entities along the way, but um, its forte has sort of been in the production of brushes and brooms and cleaning products for the uh, Australian and overseas markets. So yeah, I've pretty well done my done my uh, apprenticeship here both on the machinery side of things administration marketing sales and the, the whole lot so that's been the, the 30 years thus far I'm looking forward to the future and as a director do you think there's advantage in sort of having your hand in every part of the business I mean it may not be necessary but but what do you think it does in terms of working your way through all the aspects of it I think yeah the director is just a word for you know sort of leadership I suppose and having uh you know, someone being able to grab you and put you in jail if, you, if you're doing something wrong. But I, it's certainly, this company has never sort of run on titles as such. So it's it's certainly a team-focused regime. I spend a lot of my time sweeping the floors and cleaning the driveways and, and doing time with the, the blokes that we've got here. The, the, the men and ladies that, that have worked here over the last 30 years are, are wonderful. And it's certainly, yes, it is a family business. We attempt to function it with that entity in mind as well so it doesn't matter if you've been here for a week or 30 years which which some staff members have been it is a family arrangement and um yeah you, you scratch our back we scratch your back that's sort of been the the outlook but yeah as far as a directorship probably a bit of a scary word but yeah i'm just one of the pack mate it's interesting when you walk into the offices here there's um uh, big phone um uh, photos on the board of different people who work here and, and as soon as you come in you get that feeling that you know this is a people place and not just a place to to make a living and earn and make a profit you um obviously have uh a heart for the staff that work here um 
where did you learn that or what's your driver there as far as that people care side of things not just being the director of a company driven about profit um i've been very blessed and you don't need to hang around me too long without us engaging in a jesus conversation so here goes um multi-generational um legacy from family members have gone before that have been servants of the king and that's probably the the backbone that, that's filtered through to where where i find myself and my other siblings uh all walking with the lord but for for an example on how to do business how to do family how to do life in 2020 and in my particular situation as a business i find it um great that jesus has given us an example of servant leadership and i try to spend time in scripture and learn from that and implement it in the in the mission field that he's that he's given it given to us whether it's here or further abroad so yeah thanking the lord for the people that have gone before so i've sort of grown up in that space and i'm not ashamed of it uh, but yeah jesus is the man and he's got examples and littered through scripture on how we're to do it so that's sort of what i try and take on board and gets me to where i'm at now we have people listening from all sorts of backgrounds and some of them will have sort of entered into a family business and taken over from perhaps a parent or a grandparent, whether it's a farm or whatever. And as we've discussed on the Red Dirt Nation podcasts, being someone who's spiritual, being someone who follows Jesus, for example, um, doesn't exempt us from the difficult times. So uh, one of the things I'd love to ask Sam, I'm sure you'd like to hear is, well, how do you sort of navigate difficult times uh, in business, for example, as a person of faith who knows that, you know, God is in control? Good question. Uh, I would say I've had plenty of adversity, um, as we all have. I think I can get bogged down when I look at the big picture. So I try and ratchet it back to achievable little pigeonhole so as i do life and you know working in a family business and the issues that go with that i as a guy i think by nature we're sort of knuckle draggers and um we like to solve problems but i think we need to compartmentalize things when we put it all in the washing machine together it can get a bit of a mess so i just set these small little targets and that's probably the main target for me is when i rise each morning Um, His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And this is the day the Lord's had made. So if if I survive the day out, amen. Um, But if I start looking, you know, more than ever in 2020, if I'm looking weeks, months, years down the track, um, I tend to lose the plot. So I don't know what that answer's like, but I think those small little chunks, if if we can achieve it and honor him in those little gamuts of time, that's, that's where the action is. So that's how I try and cope in a weird wild crazy world so if you're going through some struggles at the moment there's um one way to approach it and that is to rather than get sort of um i guess swallowed up in the big picture to actually break things down and and do what you can do knowing that um that you know you've got help each and every day well as i walked around the uh, property here recently there's all sorts of great things going on tell us a little bit about your business and I noticed there's some refugees who are part of um, what you're doing here. T- tell us a little bit about the story of, of how Longara got involved in giving refugees these sorts of opportunities. Um, I probably sound a bit awkward, but Australia is the greatest country uh, on the 
in the world and we're so blessed and fortunate um, and we don't need to look too far around to, to see people that have their backs to the wall and are real strugglers and I think we've had a fair affiliation probably over the last 10, 15 years with the Burmese community and of recent days Syrian refugees coming in. Um, but I think throughout my journey, the Lord entrusts things to us, namely resources, finances, management, skill abilities, whatever it is, it's, it's all from him. And I suppose I became aware of that within this organisation. It is his organisation and we have to be good stewards of it. And because we're in the people business, which we, you know, everybody says they are, but I just wanted to flex a bit of extra muscle around that and actually allow resource to be spread through the nations uh the, the the everyday living here in australia is tough i mean it's budget making things meet saving money paying credit cards all that stuff is tough going so you imagine arriving in a country with absolutely nothing and i mean absolutely nothing and trying to make it work so i, I looked at those those scenarios and thought well, what's the lord got here that he's given to us and uh there's a lot of um, monotonous sort of labour type work on machines and um, when I see people I see passion I see capacity and don't care where they're from what the skin colour is we're all we're all in the same fish pond and we need to make it work and so I think it's it's had a great effect on on all the staff here wherever, wherever they're from if someone's been here for a week or, a, or 30 years as I said earlier um, the the effect on culture by having people from different nations and just rallying together as a team is is fantastic. So um, yeah, I trust that sort of gives a bit of an insight on the refugee. And uh, it's interesting. Governments seem to be encouraging refugees to head to the regions, and I know a lot of people who are listening are are people in regional Australia. So you know, it's it's part of our responsibility. And I think Sam's been great in sharing that to to recognize that these people come from a hard background and, and we are we are a nation that wants to give people a go and uh and sam's uh living that as he leads this business here so we want to champion refugee people and um and if you can do that in your world that's just awesome now i was here had the privilege of being here a few weeks ago um sam and longara sort of partnering with an indigenous church to um, help create opportunities for Indigenous kids to learn new skills. And uh, I'd love, Sam, just to share a little bit about uh, what, what's going on there and a little bit of his vision for that. Yeah, that's, um, it's sort of just fresh out of the oven. We, we're in difficult times. 2020 has been a, 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 different sort of, uh, a different sort of year when we wake up at the New Year's Day this year. I don't think any of us foresaw what was going to happen, but... Uh, it is what it is, and we need to, to seize the moment. But I, I'm i pretty conservative by nature in, in the way I do business and the way I venture forward and react. So I always sort of err on the conservative side. And part of that, I just sort of wanted to diversify the footprint so all my eggs weren't in one basket. So we do a lot of plastic injection molding and uh, broom brushware, retail stuff and food prep work and a fair bit of stuff into the ag industry and mining industry. But I've, I've never had any involvement in metalwork. And um, yeah, I was talking to my, to my wife about the possibility of acquiring a plasma cutter machine um, to, to do some intricate work on on different metal fabrications privacy screens and also hand sanitizer things and uh the basically where that went 
from was the initial thought of possibly grabbing hold of a machine to generate income to give back to the community, get people in work. Because I think you know we haven't seen anything yet as far as the the effects of this of this pandemic. But I I just wanted to be ahead of the game and and possibly give back where I can as a result of uh, what's going on. So yeah, we, we've teamed up with with a local indigenous crew. I uh, love them heaps. They're just uh, wonderful people. So basically, long story short, this machine's been been given to us by the by our creator, um, and we've just had some amazing opportunities thus far to engage with the community and build relationships around a piece of machinery. We the initial night here, we we laid hand on, hands on this beast and prayed around it. I'm not sure if that's right or wrong, but as a result of what's happened from the initial purchase order that was sent till now and where we're going in the future with the indigenous crew it just excites me and that they're passionate about it and um we can just see plenty of opportunities for you know taking this possibly even not franchising but setting that setting it up as a model that can be incorporated into you know rural communities to generate work wealth and you know self-support so that's the that's the big dream but uh you know we've got to crawl before we walk we're still breaking bits and welds aren't working and you know all the normal stuff that goes off off with a normal uh, normal induction but no we're having great fun and it's just great to engage with with the indigenous crew uh, they're just they're just awesome um, so yeah that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where we where we venture over the next six or 12 months but we're all going together and uh, yeah just uh, see what happens you're listening to the red dirt nation podcast my name is warren crank and i'm here with sam peacock who is the director of a business called Longara and you can check them out if you want to at longara.com.au. Now businesses need to make a profit, that's how it works and if you're a a Christian in that space um, there are also other drivers and you've probably already heard a little bit of that coming through for Sam and I, I really would like him to just share a little bit of his insight for those people who might be an entrepreneur you might have a business and you say well how can i use this in some ways uh, for god's purposes how can i also do something that benefits um, others so sam share a little bit of your insight into that and maybe a little of your story around why you do business and mission at the same time yeah good question um i had my cage rattled back in 2008 went through a, a feisty divorce that was sort of in the courts for three years and yeah lot, lots of things through that season that were challenging and you know you ask all the why questions what's going on here what all these plans for the next 30 years and what's going on hence my you know answer earlier about going day by day oftentimes when we look at the big thing it gets a bit uh, gets a bit wobbly but right back then um there was a, a fresh realization that I can either control this business and I can drive it and I can do this, I can have a good culture and I can make money and or we can take the we approach. Um, and I pretty well come to the conclusion probably yeah, 10 years ago that I had to take my hands off the steering wheel. You know, I was I a roadblock in the situation? Was I micromanaging or was I prepared to release? And as I sit here, mate, I, I can just try and explain this. There was uh, involved in that process was me sitting here with my hands clenched um, and I have everything, I own it, it's mine, I'll pay the, the rents and I'll get the good sales and I'll justify giving to the church and giving here and it's, you know, that's all mine. Or I could then open those clenched fists to an open palm and say, Lord, have your own way. Um, whatever comes in goes out. Um, and that's probably 
you know, that 10 years ago was the turning point for me. So when, when you talk about business as mission or family as mission or whatever it is, it's basically acknowledging that you're second fiddle and you've just got to let your creator do his thing. We've all been created, and these are my views, we've all been created eternal beings and um, he is an incredible God. You know, even through 2020, you look at it and go, well, what's going on here? Where is he? What's, you know, people are starving. What's going on? I, it's a brave call to hang that on the Lord. I think he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We, as the human race, probably muck things up. Although that's my view. But I think um, basically to do business as mission, you know, these trendy terms, you know, to have a mission statement, blah, blah, blah. Our mission statement in this organization is we're going to be Jesus' hands and feet. If you're a Christian, fine. If you're not, you're still going to be Jesus' hands and feet. We have we have groups here uh, at the end of each year where the local church have big um, Christmas parties for the elderly, and we will send workers from here on my time to go and do dishes at the church to be exposed to minister. And, you know, I've, I've had guys working here that want to go on a mission trip overseas. They don't even know what missionary is, but they want to go. And I think that's a good space to be in because we all have that little God-shaped space in us. And I think if you've got a business that is focused on mission, um, you'll see some incredible things happen, whether it's through finances with, with deals that just margins just don't make sense. That's how Jesus rolls. You will have workplace health and safety injuries that, take place and we don't never want to see that but if it does the lord is in there and will do his thing through that so if we can lessen our impact and let him do his thing in whatever form it is um it's an exciting ride and i'm testament to that i mean it's i'm not saying everything's rosy but you know when you're in the grip of anxiety and and struggling to find the wages to pay at the end of the week whose wages are they is it mine or is it the lord's is he going to provide Maybe he mightn't. I've got to increase the overdraft. I mean, that's the realities of life. But I think when we release and have those open palms to let him do his do his thing, um, that's that's what sort of turns us on as a business's mission. And there's a little thing for the whole of life, isn't it? That uh, some of you listening might be going through a really difficult time. Might be a rough divorce. It might be a business struggle or whatever in life. And we tend to tighten up and. I love that posture that Sam's talking about of, of just loosening up, realizing that, hey, I can invite God into this situation. And maybe you don't really have a faith and you're listening to this and it all sounds a bit sort of different or weird to you. Uh, but even the encouragement as you listen might be, okay, well, why don't, I, why don't I just say a little prayer to this God and, and just see what happens. God, uh, God hears those little cries that we uh that we make and um and you might just find that there's a breakthrough there so uh, i love that part of sam's story and i love the raw reality of of you know what life really does throw at us but um but there is a way forward and i want to encourage everyone listening that that there really really is now sam you love australia that's really come through he's he's a very aussie bloke you've picked that up already um where have you been, mate, in Australia that has sort of blown you away? Some of the things that stick in your memory as you've travelled around this great red land? Easy question to answer. I'm just back from Hamilton Island. My wife and I venture up there for a week every year. Um, and we splurged big time. I went for a helicopter ride out to Love Island, which is sort of off uh, Sunday Island. 
Um, we are up there three years ago, I think it was, with Cyclone Debbie, and she just mauled the joint, just tipped it on its head. And I was just in this helicopter flying out over the reef, and we came back and landed on Whitehaven Beach. And that would be within the top five experiences in, in the BIOS that I've lived on my 47 years, that and the Swiss Alps. But, I mean, as far as Australia goes, two weeks ago, Whitehaven Beach was doing it for me. <laughs> I think we're all, we can all see ourselves there, can't we? Well, I certainly can. Um, now, Sam, we, we've talked about beautiful places and, and, you know, your heart for this country is really, really clear. What are some of your hopes and dreams for Australia? We all have different ones, but I'd, I'd love to hear, and we would love to hear from you as you look forward. I mean, hopefully you're sort of halfway through your, your journey here on the planet, um, you know, what do you hope is coming and what would you like to see happen for this nation? I was out walking my two fat Labradors this morning and I think I'm well and truly further further through than halfway, Warren. <laughs> this country, I mean, the Lord has just blessed us with reminders everywhere of his, his graciousness upon us. And I, I'm probably thinking of the Southern Cross that, that's, that lights the skies each night. Um, and I, my prayer and focus and intention is that the, the 28 million people or whatever that are in in this great land have an understanding of what that cross represents. Um, it is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Our Judeo-Christian heritage from, from the Northern Hemisphere is there. And I, I'm just just wanting to see a, a fresh awakening and acknowledgement of of God and what he did in sending his son Jesus and that we would be able to recalibrate because doing life in 2020 is hard hard work for me and I I know the story I've accepted my saviour and I just look at it and I'm thinking people how do you possibly attempt to do life in 2020 without the surety and the security of of your saviour on board so my prayer mate is that People might look into the heavens and, and see that Southern Cross for what it is and and know that there is a, a saviour that's been sent to, to mediate between us and our creator. Yep, what a powerful reminder. We see it even in the city here. Uh, the city lights uh, don't often obscure the Southern Cross. So we are we are the great Southland. And uh, yep, oh, the good reminder, mate, good reminder. And the final thing that we want to hear from you, mate, is one life lesson that you'd like to pass on to people who are listening. We've had a little bit of a window into some of the ups and downs of your story, um, but we'd really like to hear something that you'd like to leave us as this podcast wraps up. One life lesson, work hard. Um, yeah, I think we... Um, we need to be engaged, whether it's working in, in kingdom work, whether it's working to, to help the less fortunate, whether it's um, working in a business, whether it's working on the front line as a doctor or nurse. I, I would encourage us, fellow Australians and everybody in this land, that we need to knuckle in and and work hard. Um, yeah, that's probably the what's coming through the years at the moment. We are listening to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. I'm sitting in the offices of a place where a lot of hard work is happening. If you hear noise in the background, it's this business doing what it does. And it's been great to talk to Sam Peacock today and hear a little bit of his story about um, life, work, leadership and faith. 
and hopefully you've gained a little from it and when we really appreciate sam that your time that you've given us so thanks everyone for listening and we will catch up with you down the track hey eh? see you later